We can deal with protocol later, Hepesh. Present the chairman delegate from Earth and his companion. I presume this female is of royal blood. Well, naturally. Why? Why, why do you bother to ask? We are standing in the royal throne room of Peladon. Only men of rank and females of royal blood may set foot here. The penalty for trespass is death. Doctor, I do not deal through intermediaries. Kindly present us to our royal host. Your Majesty, as delegate from Earth, I greet you. May I present our Royal Highness, Princess Josephine. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We talk about Doctor Who, and we're talking about a classic Doctor Who episode this time called The Curse of Peladon. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. Curse of Peladon, four-parter, 1972, Brian Hales, who wrote the Ice Warriors episodes and sort of, I guess, introduced the Ice Warriors. He's of course, the creator, the, of the creator of the Ice Warriors. And he's in, the Ice Warriors are in this one. So, Curse of Peladon. What did everyone think about this one? I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was way too long. Four parts. It was still way too long. <laughs> Wait until she gets to Monster Peladon. Oh, she uh, thought Monster Peladon six. I thought Curse was longer actually uh, when I sat down to watch it, and I'm like, oh, it's only four parts. But uh, which season was this again? I'm sorry. This is season nine. Uh, I think yeah, so. yeah nine. season nine. Okay. So, anyway, um, I had issues with lots of things. First of all, you know, they land on this planet on a ledge. I'm not going to even talk about the special effects. Um, it was 1972. So. I know, so I'll give it a pass. There's a some sort of Federation of Planets thing happening at this in this on this planet of Peladon mm -hmm. that's called Peladon, and the Citadel is called Peladon, and the King is called Peladon, and they were not very imaginative with the names. Um, and the doctor is mistaken for the delegate from Earth. And first of all, they're climbing. And she's climbing this mountain, muddy, muddy mountain, in, you know, two-inch velvet pumps. And her velvet overcoat doesn't get dirty at all. At all. And it was just kind of, I don't know. It was very windy. I could barely hear them talking. The music was really overpowering and bad. And who, who were they? Both ice warriors. There was a guy with a helmet and yes. like claws for hands, and then another guy, mm -hmm. green guy. Yeah. Not the one with three, six arms. She was really annoying. Um, but those were both ice warriors, right? Yeah, the ice warriors. The um, there's, I think. Was it an Ice Lord? Yes. Okay, so Ice Warrior is the one that's the full green, and then the Ice Lord has that the helmet with the red, and they look a little bit different. Um, have they have they have have they, have they both appeared in the new series? No, in they the were in one 
was the in the Empress of Mars, the Ice Lord was the female. Female. Okay. But the Ice Warriors were in it. Did they? I don't remember. Did they look like these? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there the was an Ice Warrior in that one that took place in the submarine. Yeah. Yep. But you never really saw him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he came out of his uh his suit. Well, that was a controversial thing because the Ice Warriors, when you look at the Ice Warriors, you think that's what they look like. But in this one, in, in the new one, the, the submarine one, he, it's an armor suit. He comes out of it, right? Well, yeah. it kind of looked like armor here, though. Yeah. Bits and pieces of it did. You could see his mouth was inside. inside yeah, that's because they wanted... I mean, I, I, I always thought that that was what they looked like, and it was never armor, but I think... The new series, they said, well, that, that special effect didn't look that good, so let's go ahead and pretend that it was just armor. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I've always liked the Ice Warriors. I thought they looked pretty cool, and, and um, you know, maybe they look better in black and white, because in black and white... Is this supposed to be black and white? No, but when they were in, Ice Warriors were introduced, it was a black and white era, so oh, okay. um, we didn't know they were green, and then they were green, and you know, they're lizard-like, and they talk like... So maybe yeah. it kind of makes sense, but there was. I ju- I found that again. There's there's so little character development with these, and at, at four episodes, even if they are only 25, 30 minute episodes, I feel like characters could have been fleshed out more. I don't know. Was that just not a thing that was done back in the seventies? Well, in TV shows where. Uh, Everybody's very one-dimensional. Yeah. Well, you can kind of get some development upheld on it. He's like, wimpy, always, you know, has to be told what to do. Always got to, you know, the Hepfish was always bullying him. Said, oh, this is tradition. you got to do this. And he never really thought for himself. Mm-hmm. Until towards the end. Yeah. The emphasis on the old compared to the new, and the biggest, when we saw Rose for the first time, it was very noticeable. They focus much more on characters. You know, mm-hmm. oh, uh, you know, how are you feeling? This, this, this. It's all about the characters, and that was Russell T. Davis's strong point, and that was Stephen Moffat, one of Stephen Moffat's biggest weaknesses. So when you look back at Curse of Peladon and other s- stories, especially the longer ones, you would think that there would be more character development. When we watched Daleks not too long ago, there's characters talking, and we don't, you know, we don't have the ability to do that in the new series. They don't, they do, but they don't sit there and talk. So, you know, blah, 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 you know, for 15 minutes, and that slows the story down. But it's more story, probably, and less character uh, characterization. It's too bad that it couldn't be more character, but th- that was not an emphasis for them. It was, it was yeah. like, you know, there, there are moments where the companion, and like uh, Joe and the doctor are talking about, like, you know they're bantering back and forth, and it's kind of humorous banter because it's not about the story or anything. But that doesn't really forward their characters that much. It's sort of very but shallow. We already know about Joe. This is like this is her second season. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying. Which, but I don't know about Joe. Yeah. Yes. Because I haven't. You know, I, we're not watching these in order. Yeah. You haven't. Have you? That's the first one of, of her. No, seen? no. We saw the Auton. Uh, the Auton one. Oh, she was in that. Terror Terror Autons? Of the Autons? Yeah. That would have been her first one. That was her first one. Okay. Okay. So well, she I, didn't leave much of an impression on me. That although that was such a ridiculous episode that I, I there was so many other things to focus on. I think that was just a, that's a classic one. Yeah, the, the I just liked it when he was hypnotizing. 
It's the, the beast. Yeah. And Joe comes in in typical Joe fashion, grabs a torch, thinks the doctor's in trouble, shoes, and the doctor goes, "You just ruined everything, Joe." Blah 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 blah. And then he's like, "I was hypnotizing him with this," and she's like, mm, "She gets hypnotized." Oh, good grief! Step out of it, Joe. <laughs> it's um. Joe's kind of a uh, scatterbrain. Yeah, she's scatterbrain, and she kind of makes mistakes, and she's not the brightest bulb. But um, I think she—they did pretty good with her this time because she had the. Uh, she was sort of getting, getting feelings for King Peladon there, and yeah. <clears throat> uh, questioning him all the time. How can I? Well, he trust had on in you if you skirt could do and sexy boots. So how can I trust in you or believe in you if him you could do stuff like this? Him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And that's uh, King Peloton is played by David Troughton, who is oh, Patrick really? Troughton's son. I did not know that. And he was in an, uh, a more recent episode called Midnight. And he was also in the War Games. He was in War Games. And, but in Midnight, he was the professor. Remember they were on that little ship, ship that was going along the vehicle on the surface? And the doctor and that woman were talking back and forth. This was uh, David Tennant. He was the old, old professor with the young passengers. Yeah, with the young assistant, and he kept telling her to shut up. Nobody cares what you think and stuff like that. Oh yeah. The creature that was outside the ship trying to pound on the on the hull to try to get. But anyways, Professor Hobbs. I I thought it was. I mean, as a story, I thought it was interesting, and you know, that sort of, you know, why can't different species get along kind of way that seems to be a an ongoing theme with Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with New Who and the older stories is, is just trying to get people of differing beliefs to get along, which is sort of a good theme. Yeah. Um, so as far as that one, I thought that was, I thought that was good. But again, it, there's just so much exposition in these old episodes that I'm sure are that way because they didn't have the budget to move things along with special effects or things blowing up or... Well, you also got to realize, and it's hard for us to think about this, even us who watched these shows in the 70s and 80s when they were first coming out, we didn't get the opportunity to watch them like England did, right. where they would watch one episode a week. So when you watch a 24-hour, 24, 24 minute episode, they write it that way. So when you have a seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, how many parts you have, it's almost like how much material are you going to remember from the previous week? So that's why yeah. it seems repetitive when we're watching. Did you watch it in one go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems sometimes, this is a four-parter even, but it seems repetitive back and forth in the corridors, captured, say, captured, because they're just trying to fill that gap. And story-wise, you can, I'm sure writers of today can take that story and dwindle it down to 45 minutes with a, a very yeah. easy. When, when Rose first came out, when the new show first came out, I was skeptical. skeptical. I couldn't figure out how they would be able to fit these stories in 45 minutes, but they do. And part of it is they don't allow a lot of extra story. They rush things along. And the actors and actresses talk very, very, very fast. That's true. They blah, 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 blah. And that's... Tenet was great at that. Well, I, re I read an article saying that they hired people because they could talk fast. 
I, you know, you can't have someone that talks really slow. I mean, Peter Capaldi talks a little slower than I think. Matt, like Matt Smith was rattled. So yeah, Matt Smith rattled things off at yeah. a. Peter Capaldi wasn't really that fast. No, but uh, yeah, but he could. He could though. I mean, he could really. Smith and Tennant could. They were. Yeah. Yeah. Got way off topic here, but. <laughs> and John probably could talk very fast too, but he didn't need to. Um, I always picture this episode as a comfort food episode. I, I just remember watching it for the first time. It was probably in movie format on a Saturday afternoon, and I just enjoyed it because I felt it felt relaxing, and I like the the difference. It's like a guilty pleasure. I mean, it's not the greatest or the worst, but it's like in between. I felt it had all the check marks. You know, you have enough aliens, and some of them are bad aliens. The ones that you think would be bad would be the Ice Warriors, and they weren't. They well, were that the was good the guys. Whole gimmick of this whole episode, yeah. you going in thinking the Ice Warriors are the villains and it turns out See, I had no idea why they would be villains, except that he said that they were bad guys in the last time he saw yeah. them. They weren't, they weren't. And they weren't really bad guys in the new series that much, no. so yeah, you wouldn't pick up on that, but um... I just, you know, the little green guy <laughs> in his in his dome that had oh, <laughs> green Arturus goo whatever he was he, he was, I mean, it was just hilarious. I remember, I didn't watch, my first exposure to this wasn't watching it. I read the book before this one came on on public television. Yeah. So I already knew what was going on because I read the Target book. And obviously Terrence Dix did a better job with that than what you see on screen, but... And then when you see it on screen, you're kind of like, oh. <laughs> So I did a little bit of research on this, and I didn't know this. Maybe I read it at one point. Curse of Peladon is the first Doctor Who episode ever, ever to be broadcast out of order. Up to this point, every episode was produced and, and aired in that same order. This one was produced, and I, I don't remember, I guess I didn't put down why, but it was also produced uh, and was switched with Sea Devil. So the Sea Devils aired first, then this one. And I don't know if it was because of a uh, of a strike. Uh, um, yeah, maybe not. I'm well, this one was all set where Sea Devils was on location. Yeah, but I don't know why. I don't know why it was switched, but I read that it was switched. And and since then, it's happened many times. Mm -hmm. Orders, the order of episodes have been all over the place. But it's not significant because back then there was not not a lot of continuity between episodes or anything like that. But it just right. was interesting to know about that. And of course, there is a sequel to this called Monster of Peladon, which is um, <laughs> not even worse than this. <laughs> I hate it. I hate Monster of Peladon. I find it. Um, well, you hate it. It must be bad. The character of Alpha Centauri, what'd you think of Oh it? my god, so it's annoying. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the funny thing was they called it Alpha Centauri a he at the beginning, and then the doctor says it's an it, and then they seem kind of gradually change from he to it. Because uh, remember, the, 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 go the, the, the delegate from Alfred Satori, he's here, or something like that. So well, didn't he explain that they were... Uh, it's maybe a, yeah. it hermaphrodite? He, he, yeah, yeah. he explains it to Joe. Yeah, that it's yeah in the tunnel. Yeah. How many so, times they were in the tunnel? Um, I, I didn't know this either. I didn't really want to know about this, but I guess the original Alpha Centauri looked a lot more phallic, so they put a, <laughs> a, a, a cape on them. <laughs> So I don't know what it would have looked like without, but I guess the cape uh, might have helped out a little bit, maybe. I don't know. So, 
Um, it didn't have a cape on for the whole thing, though. Yeah, it did. Did it? Well, it was like the, a, the, the cloak. The, the cloak. Oh, okay. Otherwise, I don't know what it would have looked like underneath. I don't know. But. And you had mentioned this about King Peladon. His name is Peladon, but the yeah. planet's Peladon. Yeah. It's the same thing with Alpha Centauri. He's Alpha Centauri from Alpha Centauri. Uh. Well, it, that would be like, you know, and here's the diplomat from Earth. His name his is name Earth. Is Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of silly, but it, it, there's like a, not a lot of... You would think Brian Hales had done better with the names. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of yeah, it was just kind of weird. I mean, the um, yeah, the whole storyline. I mean, you, I I I I guess you find out that Hepesh is afraid of new things, wants to stick to the old ways. I like how he uses religion, sort of, to try to drive his agenda and everything and of course he, he manipulates you know, and it's got, you, know you can well he manipulates um, the whole um, mythology to try to steer people and everything and well isn't that what people do oh, that's isn't what that I'm saying what religious it, leaders do it's like this has got to be like a you know this is a blueprint of every single you know current event happening from back in the 70s and earlier to the present day I just you know it, I think it was great at checking the, the boxes on, on sort of making commentary about what everything in society and everything it was kind of, I liked a lot of it. And then the king even was like using Joe as a, as a sort of like a, um, a wedge to try to convince things and that's what made her mad. It's like, oh, you, you're, do you're doing this to manipulate people or whatever. And he's like, no, no, well, maybe. <laughs> but, um, a little bit. Yeah, but, but I like that whole and like you said, the old regime and the new regime and stuff like that. And they have to embrace the, the new order and stuff like that, the new way of doing things. Um, the series, the episode itself, did pretty good in the ratings until the end. It got really bad ratings, not because the episode was bad, but because there were power cuts throughout England, England. Oh. so people couldn't watch the last few episodes. Oh, and. It's believed that those power cuts and the strike that had it, uh, had it entailed or something uh, sort of influenced and inspired the next, the Monster Peladon. Because Monster Peladon is about workers going on strike. So there's some sort of connection there, which I thought was kind of interesting. Huh. I don't know if that's just a myth that, that well, fans have made up or not. But <laughs> Well, considering that Monster came out, what, two or three seasons later? Yeah. Yeah, it was like his last season. Yeah, so that that, would, that kind of makes sense. Uh, John Partley gets to fight. Um, one of the things that John Partley was always really, um, he wanted, he was an action man. He has a lot of episodes where he's doing a lot of action. And I don't know how many we've reviewed so far, but this one, you know, he always wants to do a fight, so he was able to do his fight. Or at least yeah. watch the stunt man, his stuntman do the fight. <laughs> Part of it, he did some of it, but the yeah, stunt man. Run, he fought with a grunt. Yeah. 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 Why couldn't Grun talk? Perry had his tongue cut off for his punishment. Who knows? They didn't want to play the actor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just he's in It was never explained why he couldn't speak. I, one, one thing I didn't... I think it w this says in the book. One thing I, I didn't, I didn't like about... Uh, the Doctor and Joe have sort of come here. Take and over. They're, they're like... They're, they're, these are the way that the, Peladon, the laws of Peladon, and they're kind of like... No, they, they, those laws suck, and they're kind of ignoring them, and they're kind of going against them and stuff. And I'm like, boy, you know, they're they're kind of like, 
Well, when the that, doctor goes into the temple, he was led there. He was being framed. Yeah, but there's other things where it just was like they were kind of like those laws are. Stu I think he even says at one point those laws are stupid or whatever. But I felt like he was a little um, not less forgiving about the Peladon ways for some reason. He was, a, which maybe is partly himself. He's kind of more, you know, goes up against the establishment sort of, but. Um, I kind of like the ending where the real Earth delegate <laughs> yeah. shows up. and then they go, <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. Wait a minute, let's go. The only thing that ruined it was the okay. very long close-up of the Earth delegate and her face of like, oh, because this is a character we just introduced three seconds earlier, and it ends on this character, and you're like, is that, that's not really funny. It would have been better if it ended. I guess if it ended on the Ice Warrior, how can you make the Ice the Ice Warrior? Could but go did you notice if you looked at the Ice Warrior? I always thought that there was no. Sometimes there was no one in the suit, or the guy was asleep because the head was always cocked to one side, and it looked like he was like bored or something. I didn't know the helmet was slipping off of his head <laughs> or something. You're talking about the big one, right? Yeah, the big one. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the the Ice Warriors being good guys in this. I thought they were really good and, and with them and Joe, I thought Joe had, as a companion, she had a lot more to do in this episode because she was sort of interacting with them a lot, interacting with Alpha Centauri. At one point, Alpha well, she seemed to be like taking charge at points where she needed to yeah. and was not, like she was not a screaming girl companion the way so many have been. She usually is. That's is why. Really? That's why. No, this episode. she's not that. Yeah. Well, well, she wasn't shrieky. So no, she's not really well, screaming. I appreciated the. We'll fact be that reviewing she another shrieking. episode later that has a shrieking companion in it. The worst of them all. Sure. But, but <coughs> so I, you know, I thought she was a little more. Um, she had a little more oomph to her than yeah. past companions have. I mean, past companions have just been there to just tag along and tell the doctor how wonderful he is, yeah. where she seemed to be perfectly capable of rolling her eyes and saying, ugh, no. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of her better episodes, and I think she did really good with this, because she had a lot to do, and it wasn't like she was just behind, locked up or something. She, I like the scene where Alpha Satori's in the background, and, and <laughs> the Ice Warrior and her are trying to have a conversation, and, and you just, the, 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 the got well, louder and louder. They tell her to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Anyways, anything else about this one? No. I, I, I did like the sets. I thought the... Yes, I liked when it, the, the hidden passages in the caves. Yeah. Those were, I always found those neat. I thought they did pretty good with that. You had mentioned the... Uh, I thought the... the it's funny because everything you mentioned went against everything I said right at the beginning. <laughs> I thought the rock climbing was realistic because how much of the episode they spend doing that? They're like, okay, come over here. Go go. Let's go this way. Let's go that way. And it's like... I'm watching this, and I'm like, I can see people today going, just get to the point, you know. Right. And this, but they're they're spending time, like it's not easy for them just to go and get. You know, they're, they're having a little bit of trouble, and and they're you know. And she finds the tunnel. Yeah, but it, it, she was just moving up that mountain really quickly for somebody in a velvet yeah, overcoat and pumps. It was and raining. Then, Wasn't it raining? And it was windy as hell. Windy. Okay. And. And then she get they get to that ledge and she's like, oh, I'm so exhausted. And I'm like, well, slow the fuck down. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and they didn't get dirty because it's all like styrofoam and plastic yeah. and stuff. It looked like mud. 
Like there were there were points where they were digging yeah. their hands into it and it looked like mud. Like so they had put a skim coat of Maybe. plaster over the styrofoam or whatever. Yeah. And then they find yeah, and then she finds the tunnel and I was like, oh. And okay. thus we find out that the time lords are lousy drivers because they put the doctor there because yeah, of his exile they sending him on so they're sending him places on yes purpose? they send him place on to do their dirty work first couple of seasons of John partly he's exiled on earth so especially the first season he didn't go anywhere the second season well I for he got the he was in an alternate dimension but he was still on earth he still kind of went somewhere Anyhow, <laughs> the second season, I think they've, and part of it was to save money. Just keep them on Earth so you don't have to build a set. Mm -hmm. The second season, they started realizing that they were running out of Earth stories, or they felt it was getting, so mm -hmm. they started to have yeah. this, this idea that all there of a sudden. One in the next season, it was the uh, okay. Colony in Space. Yeah, and I thought space. there was, was but anyhow, over the last, next couple of seasons after that, um, they started, you know, trying to get him off the... They didn't want to release his exiles, so they had the Time Lords send them on missions and stuff. It was kind of silly. There's a bunch of stories like that. Yeah. So... So it wasn't horrible, but again, you know, I had some quibbles. What do you think of Agador? <laughs> it was Alf. It was Alf yeah. with... with Horns. Horns. <laughs> I wrote that down on my notes that I left okay. on my desk. I wrote down, oh my god, it's Elf. Did any of your daughters watch this with you? No. Well, Isabel watched about five minutes of it and said, oh my god, and went, <laughs> went upstairs. <laughs> it's funny, because when, when, when you watch elements of Agador, and he's like, rah, it, it, it's really effective and everything, but when he finally comes out and starts walking over and gets pet, yeah, and you're like, it's a dude he's, in a first suit. He's a little smaller than probably should have been. And uh, it's like, oh, he's so cute. You know, have they made a stuffed action figure out of him yet? A stuffed doll that kids can cuddle up to? They should. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But Along with the hypnotic... With the spinner. Spinner yeah. thing. Yeah. The spinner thing so was funny. So you can sing the, the, the Venusian lullaby there. Yeah, that's right. So. Okay, well, anything else about this one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for listening.